I would suggest that maybe sometimes our lives, our doubts, and our unbelief may cause him to groan. Groaning in himself, he came to the tomb. Now the picture shifts. We started with Jesus. We looked at the disciples. We saw Martha and then Mary. And now the focus is Lazarus. Verse 38, Jesus came again, groaning in himself to the tomb. It was a cave, a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Practical Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said, Lord, by this time there's a stench. He'd been dead for four days. Don't open the tomb. It's going to stink. You, you, you can't blame her for being practical. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Do you see the difference here between our faith at the moment of salvation, our faith even in past things that we've learned, and the need for faith in the middle of what we're going through? Everything that we've learned, everything that we know, every song that we sing, all the praises that we sing, they all relate to whatever we're going through. And could I also suggest to you that once you and I take that step out of time and into eternity and we enter into the Lord's presence, do you know what you're going to be singing about and praising the Lord for the most? Your trials, your tests. Your difficulties, why? Because they humble us, they break our pride, they bring us to our knees. We cry tears that are cleansing tears as they wash away all of our self-centeredness and our self-indulgence and our preoccupation with the things of this life. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves cleansed and purified. And the only thing we want to see is the faith, face of the Lord Jesus Christ shining through from eternity into our life and into our situation. And it's gonna happen. Could I suggest to you the next time you are down, the next time you're in difficulty, the next time you're asking God why, 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 could I suggest to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Verse 41 says, they took the stone away from the place where the dead man was laying Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. By the way, he knew the Father heard even before he asked. The scripture tells us the same thing. Don't we know that he hears us before we even cry? I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. I would encourage you maybe after you go home to go through this chapter and count the times the word believe or believed occurs, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said these things, he cried with a loud voice, come forth, right? No, he said, Lazarus, come forth. Why didn't he just say, come forth? All the graves would have been empty. Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out, interestingly, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. What can we learn from Lazarus? Well, there are several things. Number one, Lazarus was not a happy man. 
I want you to think about that. Mary and Martha and others who loved him got what they wanted. Lazarus didn't. Where was Lazarus? Well, we know from Scripture that Lazarus was in a place called Abraham's bosom. Old Testament saints went to Abraham's bosom somewhere in the earth. Remember, there was a chasm between the place called torments, what we call hell, and Abraham's bosom. And Old Testament saints went to Abraham's bosom waiting for the moment when the cross would be a completed act, when Jesus would say it is finished, when he would rise from the dead to usher them into the presence of the Father. You'll remember that he said to the thief on the cross, someday you'll be with me in paradise. Remember that? No, that's not what he said. Today, today you'll be with me in paradise. Guess who else was there? The other Lazarus from Luke chapter 16, the beggar who died and was in Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom also called paradise. It's where those saints went. Jesus went to them after his crucifixion, emptied that place and took it into the third heaven. Paradise is no longer in this earth. How do we know that? You know, we always have to nail things down. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says that he was lifted up to the third heaven to what? Paradise. It used to be here. Now it's here. And everyone that was there is now in the presence of the Lord. Lazarus was in paradise just like Samuel was in paradise. And if you go back and read the story of Saul when he went to the witch at Endor at the end of the book of 1 Samuel, you'll remember that the witch was trying to call up a familiar spirit, but who came up instead? Samuel. You remember what Samuel said to Saul? Man, I'm glad you got me out of that place. Thanks for calling me back to this world. How great it is to come back. And by the way, this was when they were facing a great battle. There was about to be a massive slaughter. You can just imagine Samuel saying, man, I'm so glad to get out of paradise and come back to where people are sick and dying and slaughter is about to take place. Disease is rampant, starvation, famine, earthquakes, plagues, all of this. Oh man, I'm so glad to be home. But you remember what he said. Why have you disturbed my rest? He was not a happy man. Could I suggest to you that Lazarus was not a happy man? That's one thing we can learn from him, but there's something else we can learn from him, and that is he's alive again, right? Jesus calls, Lazarus comes out of the grave, and he comes out bound hand and foot. In those days, they wrapped the body Can you practically think of how he could get out of that tomb? And Jesus had to tell people, turn him loose. Could I suggest that we might have some Lazaruses among us this morning? People who are alive, people given life by the command of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're still bound. Living, but bound living but not at liberty not set free i find it interesting that jesus told others to turn him loose because that's a task that he's given each and every one of us we all have a part to play in liberating those who have come to christ
liberating them from old habits, liberating them from old attitudes, old ideas. All of us come into the family of God carrying a lot of baggage. And the whole goal of our Christian life as we grow in grace and truth and as we study His Word and fellowship together is that we be free, that we be liberated. What a marvelous task.